0: Welcome, Welcome, ladies ladies and and gentlemen, gentlemen, to another another audio audio installment of Tiptoe Tiptoe Through the the Tulips. tulips. We're your hosts for this frolic through the field, Aaron Cunningham. And I'm Dustin Mulkey. And Dustin, what are we talking about today? We're going to talk about the lovely discussion of discipleship. Discipleship. That's awesome. Uh, What is discipleship is a question that we're going to ask later on in this podcast. Uh, We have not prepped a dictionary denotative definition at this time, Uh, but first to kind of give people some insight into why discipleship is important and what discipleship has looked like in our lives, uh, let's go ahead and talk to our listeners a little bit about uh, what our discipleship experiences have been like. So Dustin, I know in our first frolic together, when you were kind of giving your backstory, you shared that there was a cat running around (laughs) in the back room knocking over metal tins. Um, That's not
1: true. I did not talk about cats at all because I'm a Christian. I don't like cats.
0: (laughs) Wow. We'll talk about cat and dog theology some other time. In the meantime, I'm going to move my cat to a less noisy place. Um, But while I'm doing that, can you tell our listeners a little bit about Uh, what was your experience as you were being discipled who discipled you what did that look like and why was it valuable to you
1: yeah so within my faith upbringing um god used many different avenues to disciple me um it's interesting because like my I, i i probably raised my hand several times through vbs years to receive christ and like I probably gave my life to him a couple times at a different couple of different conferences and concerts, but really the time that I chose to follow Jesus, um, the time where the Holy Spirit um, uh, alivened in me to where I can respond to His gospel, um, that that happened in seventh grade, and it was um, through a discipleship relationship that that led. To happen, And so I was meeting one-on-one with an older gentleman from our church. Um, he was in his 70s, and I was a seventh grader. And um, really, I just admired his relationship with the Lord. I admired his relationship with other people. I admired his joy. And so because of those different things, I uh, wanted to be more like him. And I think that's kind of at the root of discipleship is... Um, At least from the younger perspective, which we'll talk about that later on, um, the the person who's younger in their faith, they should look for people who are older in their faith that they admire and maybe they have different qualities that they desire to grow in and really just be among those kinds of people. So that was my discipleship journey at first is like I came to faith through a discipleship relationship. Um, And then from there, I felt like I was kind of passed to and fro from different ministries and different people to be discipled. There's different times throughout my faith journey that I have met one-on-one with different guys um, older in the faith than me. And those have been really wonderful relationships, but then also different ministry experiences whether it be a camp experience, um, with Pine Cove or with, uh, the camp I grew up going to, um, or with different ministries, uh, just discipleship happened through relationships. Um, and yeah, that's how God has chosen to disciple me, um, through the years that I've been a Christian.
0: Awesome. Very good. Um, do you want to hear about my discipleship I experience? I would love
1: to hear about your discipleship experience. And even if I didn't, I think you'd share it anyways. Yeah, you're probably right. So.
0: <laughs> Please share. Uh, yeah, so mine is probably largely similar to yours. Um, probably the biggest difference was uh, the age of the individual who is discipling me, which I want to put a pin in that because I think it's important to realize that mentors come in all ages, shapes, and sizes. Um, So I was mentored initially, uh, or discipled, I guess, by a uh, college student. He was uh, pretty young in his college career. I was uh, in late middle school and early high school, and we really started meeting frequently on a weekly basis. Uh, And basically, the structure of those conversations were, uh, he would pose kind of deep questions to me and he would just kinda let me talk myself uh, into confusion and then he would gradually uh, discuss things with me and bring some clarity uh, to the confusion that I'd heaped upon myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we would discuss, you know, different concepts in Scripture. And I didn't realize it at the time, but he was actually priming me uh, to kind of look at Scripture through a more theological lens as opposed to just a collection of stories, which I feel like is kind of what we're conditioned to do mm-hmm. in Sunday school a lot of the time. Is just, it's this book of stories, and there's this really important story towards the end about this guy named Jesus. Um, but he really gave me more of a global perspective on the meta-narrative of Scripture um, and then also the implications it had for my life. And then beyond him, uh, I had a host of different mentors uh, who discipled me in different ways. So I had uh, one mentor who I very much looked to as an example of what it looked like to be a godly servant to other people. I had another mentor that I went to for big theological questions. I had another mentor that I went to for like relational and friend advice. Uh, And so I kind of tried to surround myself with a host of counselors to give me wisdom because... I didn't have very much, sure. and so, um, and then from that I went on to college, uh, got plugged in with some other different types of mentors, uh, and then have been mentored by a couple of individuals uh, pretty faithfully for the last uh, probably five years, and so that's kind of a snapshot of what my experience being discipled looked mm-hmm. like.
1: What's beautiful to that about that to me is within high school in maybe even middle school, is you had different people that you looked at to as mentors about different things. And I'm guessing is the reason that you were looking to them separately instead of looking for one mentor to be overall is that they were better at those things. Yeah. Like you saw someone who had honed their craft of servanthood or had honed their craft of relationships and friendships and so um you respected their opinion you saw their example and you followed it um and wanted to learn from them so that's pretty cool
0: yeah absolutely and i think that goes exactly to what you said about uh being on the discipled side what you're really looking for is who's someone that i see the love of christ modeled well in Mm -hmm. and so um absolutely that's what those experiences were for me So, we've kind of talked about our experiences being discipled. Should we go into what is discipleship and what should it look like? Or what do you want to talk about next? Yeah,
1: I think that's wise to talk about what is discipleship. Like, what does that truly look like? And um, I I see biblical examples of it. I see um, older biblical instruction for it. Um, Older women caring for the younger women and... um, and, and so we see this thing throughout Scripture called discipleship, and we as Christians um, have the general call uh, within the Great Commission to make disciples. And so if that's part of our biblical mandate, then we probably should know how to do it. And in order to know how to do it, we probably should know what it is. So, Aaron, how would you describe discipleship?
0: Well, I, uh, as always, will rely on the Webster's 1828 Dictionary, uh, which gives... I not guess that. <laughs> <laughs> you had to have seen that coming. Um, so it gives a really unhelpful definition of discipleship. <laughs> it's uh, the state of a disciple or follower in doctrines and precepts, which is, of course, a very sterile, denotative definition, uh, and so I'd, I'd like to expand beyond that. Uh, in that discipleship to me is life-on-life relationship Mm -hmm. with people um, in a very uh, intimate and vulnerable way, right? So uh, where I think small groups are great for building uh, relationships and getting different perspectives on things and where I think congregational worship is great for teaching and for um, fellowship on a broad level, I think that discipleship is really where you get into the meat and potatoes of who is this person, Mm. how are they modeling Christ's love well, and in what areas can they improve. And the only way to find that out is by spending time with that person Mm. in the mundane day-to-day life, not just on a Sunday or not just at a small group setting, but doing things like Um, you know, going to the car wash or going grocery shopping together or getting coffee together and just being intentional with your time with another person with the purpose of honing both of you to be sharper instruments for the Lord's use. Yeah.
1: Wow. That's a pretty good definition, I think. Um, You should write it into Webster's and see if they can change that for us. No, yeah, I think that that is is very insightful and talks a lot about what discipleship truly is. And what it sounds to me is a lot like friendship. Um, It's just general friendship. You know, we see in the Proverbs as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And so it is just that life on life. Um, And really, we see that first, well, maybe not first, but best lived out by Jesus. Um, one of the names that Jesus was called most of the time was rabbi, teacher. Um in that culture, what would happen is people would follow their rabbi, their teacher. And just by following them, just by doing life with them, um, they'd become more and more like them. And so, yeah, I think uh, Christian discipleship is um, a process. It's a lifelong process by which we become more and more Christ-like. Um, it's where we grow in the Lord. It's when we are equipped to to do ministry, and it's through Christian discipleship that we grow in our Christ likeness. Um, and so, yeah, that's Christian discipleship. Now, how is it practically lived out? I think is you already answered that, and that's through friendships, through um, relationships with other people. It's older people, older in the faith at least, um, pouring into younger people. It's friends. Um, I think of you and I. We're around the same age range and have been following Jesus for about the same amount of time, You maybe a little longer, Um, but we're both in similar spots in our relationship with Jesus where we've been following him for a while, and I think we as just friends um, are able to sharpen each other pretty well, and I think our relationship is a disciple-making relationship, and I think there is an aspect to discipleship that's also important to talk about, And as we make disciples, we need to be focusing on making disciples who will then make disciples, who will then make disciples, who will then make disciples. It has to be a kind of circular thing. It has to be productive in that sense.
0: Yeah, absolutely. In fact, you kind of cut me off uh, because I was going to segue into that. And I was going to ask you, um, what would you say, because it is very similar to friendship, but obviously I feel like there's a more intentional element to it. And I would say the thing that makes it different than a friendship relationship is that it is very much with the goal of growing a person so that they can grow other people. And, uh, and so my mind goes to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, and Paul's writing to Timothy, who he had been discipling and was discipling, and he says, "...and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses... And trust to faithful men hmm. who will be able to teach others also and so the mark of a successful disciple for people who are mentoring isn't that they have this relationship with this one disciple but it's actually the next generation right when that disciple goes out and makes a disciple of his or her own to be investing in and as you said that cycle needs to continue out from there
1: yeah yeah i agree i
0: agree so dustin um one thing I want, to, I want to make sure we cover in our time together is I know a lot of people who probably have some hesitancy or they're nervous about um, you know starting some sort of discipleship relationship, or if they're younger, uh, seeking out a mentor. Uh, what advice would you give to either a mentor, someone who's wanting to mentor somebody or someone who's wanting to be discipled? about starting the relationship and what that could look like. Mm -hmm. Well, I think first
1: I'll go from the mentor's perspective. They're they're probably feeling as I felt in the past too, where they feel inadequate. They feel as though they're not far along in their discipleship journey, that they're ready to to pour out into another's. Um, And so I think that those are lies that they're believing. You know, sure, maybe they do have some growth to still do, but at the same point... Um, the spirit of God is alive in them, and 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 they have been reborn by um, what Jesus has done on the cross, and and they already have. They're in their discipleship journey at least at some point, and so therefore there's probably someone that they can pour into who is less far along than them, and so I don't think that you know, I do think that we need to be choosing on who we choose to disciple us. But at the same time, I don't think inadequacy, feeling inadequate, is um, something that should stop you from pursuing a discipleship relationship. Because I think you can. I think God will use those relationships, irregardless.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, Scripture gives us a whole panoply of examples of God using completely inadequate men to accomplish His purpose in in discipling other men. Um, I mean, Paul is a great example of that. And I, I think of what I always learned with uh, evangelism. Like if if you're hesitant to go out and share the gospel with someone uh, because you're waiting to know the answer to every question, you'll never share the yeah. gospel with anyone, right? And so if we wait until yeah. we've attained perfection, um, we'll be dead. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so we don't do much good at that point.
1: Yeah. And uh, I think that there is uh, that, that mindset that you don't fully understand something yourself until you're able to teach it. And so discipleship gives you an opportunity to um, help understand your faith by teaching another person about their faith. And so I think that there is some of that learning yourself that through discipleship, yes, your intention is to grow another person and to help them to develop in their faith. But at the same time, I think God's going to use that time to sharpen you so that maybe you're more prepared in the future. To take another person further Um, and so I I do think that there is some uh, yeah I think there's some benefits of you discipling someone that you're gonna become even a stronger disciple
0: absolutely yeah a lot of the time actually I feel like I definitely grew more in my faith when I was the mentor figure uh, than when I was actually the one being discipled. not because I had bad mentors Uh, but actually because I had very good mentors and what our meetings usually consisted of was them asking me questions Mm -hmm. and me trying to articulate and um, give answers and whenever I would ask a question they would turn it back on me and say well what do you think you should do and that's great mentoring and that's good advice um, but it was just a lot of me talking and so I didn't learn a ton, because I already knew the things I knew. Um, but when I was mentoring somebody else, um, they would ask me questions, and I would think, oh no, I, uh, I don't have the answer. And so um, in those situations, and I think that's what a lot of people dread, and that's why they don't want to do it, is they're afraid they're going to get caught not knowing an answer to something in Scripture. Mm-hmm. And so in those situations, I lean into it, and I say, hey look, that's a great question. Uh, I don't know it. Uh, but it's an important question. So I'm going to take some time and I'm going to try to find what some commentary say and talk to some people. And then we're going to look at it together and learn about it together.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's so important is, is realizing. um, And I think that's a, that's a, a mindset that both the discipler and the disciple need to have of the fact that I don't know everything and that's okay. But you're able to point them to where they can find the answers and and so I guess to answer your earlier question of like what advice would I give to a disciple or a mentor is just find somebody who you think you can help who you think God is leading you to to help develop a deeper faith within them um, and spend time with them and so um, if you don't know where else to start I mean start with scripture (laughs) that's that's what we can use to to disciple other people is using the word of god it's powerful enough to where even if you just get together with them and all you do is read that and talk about it i think some great discipleship is going to happen just in that way so um i think the advice to mentors wanting to disciple others is to just do it to to find somebody and to do that and then from uh, the the mentee's perspective from the person who's being discipled, um, I think if you're listening to this podcast and you do not have a disciple, uh, and you don't have a mentor, I would recommend you to seek one out. Um, realize your need. Realize that you're not as far along in your faith journey as you would like to be. Realize that there's still room for you to grow. Find someone who's further along and hold on to their coattails, like follow them around and, and not in a creepy way, but in in a way that will help you grow deeper in your faith. Look at where you're weak in your faith, find someone who's strong in that area, and then chase after them and ask them questions.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think you bring up a good point about how, um, you know, I think sometimes it's tempting to seek a a mentor who is exactly of the same mindset as you. Mm-hmm. And the mentors I've grown the most under are the ones I probably disagree with on like the most things in terms of our approaches to worship or uh, not major theological issues, but definitely on some of the secondary ones and yeah. they challenge me to to think critically about the views I held and the, the attitudes I hold and uh, to really check Do they align with what Scripture says? Are Mm. they both valid interpretations? Or uh, am I just imputing what I want and what's Uh. comfortable? And so it's definitely important to seek someone that's going to challenge you in your faith and not just be someone who is like an older version of what you already are now. You want someone truly farther along and truly um, that's going to make you turn your eyes inward and examine your own faith mm-hmm. and ask the hard questions of why do I believe what I believe and do I really believe it? Mm-hmm. Um, so one thing I wanted to add on from the, um, the people wanting to be mentors perspective, I think what's important is to pray, to prayerfully be looking for people that are fat And FAT is an acronym, of course. (laughs) Not Uh, describing my physical stature. No, no. (laughs) Um, You're going to want to look for people that are FAT in that the F stands for faithful, A stands for available, and T stands for teachable um, or trainable. Uh, So, you know, you want someone who's faithful in that they are consistent, they can be counted on. Uh, they actually have a faith of their own. It may be a very fledgling faith, but they, um, they're they searching at the very least, right? They have some level of interest in the things of the faith. You want someone who's available, and this is probably the hardest prong, in yeah. my opinion, in our modern culture that seems to be inundated with yeah. activities. Mm-hmm. Um, you need someone who will be able to carve out, you know, an hour a week or 30 minutes a week to to grab coffee or a meal. Uh, And so that's something that you have to have, that level of consistency, again, to actually live life on life uh, with some continuity. And then, of course, Mm -hmm. the last thing is you want someone who's teachable. If you have someone who's totally stuck in their ways and they won't consider anything anyone else has to say and they already know everything there is to know, obviously that's going to be a rough discipleship relationship for you and so um and obviously no one's going to be perfectly all three of those things but those are helpful things to be looking for when you're thinking and praying lord who could i be discipling right now
1: yeah that teachable thing is what what i think is so important i think all those are but um someone who knows areas that they are deficient in and want to grow in uh, I think that's so important. Um, what are some qualities? So those are qualities you want, want to see in a uh, someone who's being discipled. What are some qualities that you want to see in a discipler, in someone who's the mentor figure? You know, I think of different things as far as just being further along in their faith, being um, stronger. But I think that there's some other things that we can talk about, like... Um, consistency someone who's going to be consistent uh, within the lives of of who they're discipling uh, not someone who's going to be up and uproot themselves after a couple months and find another relationship because that one is uh, failing like I think it needs to be someone who's willing to um, endure even some of the slow periods of discipleship because we like sheep are are frustrating at times and sometimes we don't like to be shepherded Um, and that's kind of what discipleship is and at least in a mentor relationship this person's leading me guiding me um, and sometimes I don't always want to be guided and so uh, someone who's going to endure those hard times and someone who's going to um, teach scripture I think that that is so important within discipleship relationship it's not just you have a good quality, and I want that quality. I think that's part of it, because I think God um, has given them that quality, and through their faith life, they've grown that quality, but I think that we need to lead others to the source of truth, um, and it's not with, it's not us, um, it's a spirit within us, um, and it's a spirit that's, that guided the the scriptures being put together and it's the script it's the spirit that speaks through the scriptures and so i think it's important that we we look at someone who's consistent someone who will endure and someone who will point us to the book
0: yeah uh, you know it's ironic about your explanation of that and this is actually what i was going to say uh people should look for in their mentors is um uh, it's pretty much synonymous with what we look for in the disciple right so uh, you want someone who's faithful uh, who's going to invest in the relationship and be committed and endure the dry patches you want someone who's available so you talked about that continuity factor Mm -hmm. as well and then you want someone who, you said, teaches scripture, so teachable yeah. or t- teaching. Yeah. And, and it makes sense, right, when you think about it, because if the purpose of discipleship is to create more disciples, then the people who were disciples and eventually become mentors should be those faithful, available, and teachable people. Um, and so to kind of encompass that, I think the, the two really important elements uh, in my experience— Uh, When I'm looking for people to mentor me are the the faithfulness, like you said, I need someone who uh, can commit to meeting pretty routinely with me and holding me truly accountable, um, not just kind of asking the surface level questions, but really probing into where was your heart. Uh, And then also someone who has a level of humility. Uh, because nobody wants to, uh, well, maybe a few people, but not many people really want to hang out with someone who just talks at them Mm. and lectures them um, and is kind of an insufferable know-it-all, right? Uh, We want people who have a dialogue with us and ask, what are your thoughts on this? And um, Mm. really draw out of the disciple... uh, their thought process and again identifying why are you thinking this way about these issues what do you really believe about this and what's motivating that belief and i don't think you get that unless you have a mentor who's got a level of humility and um a desire to let the disciple grow as opposed to manufacturing Mm. uh growth yeah
1: yeah wow that's really important and really good. So, appreciate you saying that. Um, I am kind of browsing through right now Colossians. And as I look at Colossians chapter 1, I think there's something really interesting that I think will add to, the, to this discussion. It's towards the end of chapter 1. And Colossians really is a book, in a sense, about discipleship. Um, Colossians is um, just kind of an interesting letter. Um, to the church in Colossae from Paul, and he is teaching them, he is instructing them, he is um, applauding them and thankful for them, but then he's also talking about his work in their life, saying how I contend for you and all that. Um, but here at the end of chapter 1, Paul says this in verse 28. I'm sorry. He says that he, Christ, is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works within me. Um, it's. Jesus that we're teaching, we're proclaiming Jesus to people, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom. As we do the teaching, we're we're teaching them wisdom. Um, And the goal of discipleship is that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. Um, And so, yeah, I think that that is a great capstone to what discipleship is. It's to present everyone fully mature in Christ um, we teach Jesus we teach wisdom um, and we strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works within us um, to meet that end
0: yeah absolutely and I think that that is so consistent um, with the rest of scripture and you know I'm looking at Luke 6:40 right now and it's talking about discipleship, teacher relationships and it says a disciple is not above his teacher Mm -hmm. but everyone when he is fully trained will be like his teacher Mm -hmm. and obviously our end goal in all of this is not to be like our teachers but to be like Christ himself and so I think um, this is a a great point to wrap up on Mm -hmm. uh, as we strive uh, to invest in other people so that they can learn Uh, Not only how to invest well into the next generation, Mm -hmm. but also to be more and more like Christ as we strive to do so as well. So, in the last 20 seconds, Destin, is there one big mega point that you want our listeners to know about discipleship?
1: Yeah, I think part of what you just said, kind of to wrap into that, is that we need to take care of ourselves. Paul, it is, who says, follow me as I follow Christ. Um, We're trying to be like our teachers, but really we're trying to be like Christ. So when it comes to discipleship relationships, we need to be watching over ourselves, caring for ourselves so that we look more like Jesus so that other people can look up to us and follow us. And I guess a question to ask is, are you someone that's worthy of being followed? Mm. Um, And maybe that's a question to end on. Uh, to think about so that that's my last thoughts on discipleship is to be more like jesus so that other people can look at you and say i want to be more like them because they look like jesus Um, what about you Erin? any last thoughts on discipleship
0: oh man i mean that was such a good way to go out and Uh, But it also reminded me of a really powerful illustration uh, that I saw one time talking about discipleship with the Christian organization I was a leader in, and that was a guy had a water bottle Uh, and he filled it up and he said imagine that this is you and the water in it is the love of Christ and then he poked a couple holes in the bottom of the water bottle and then he had two cups on each side and that water was pouring into uh, the, the two cups and he said now imagine those cups are your disciples and you're pouring out into them and so obviously you see the water draining out of the main water bottle and into these cups and eventually uh, there's no more water water to reach the holes, and the water bottle is empty. And he says, this is what happens to you when you aren't in the spring of life, when you mm-hmm. aren't in the living water of Christ and in his word. And so we have to be poured into uh, so that we can pour out into others. And so I think what you said is absolutely essential. And I love... Um, when Jesus Christ is answering the question of, you know, what is the greatest commandment? He says the first greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with yeah. all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Yeah. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And I think so often, especially with discipleship relationships, our temptation out of a place of wanting to be servant-hearted is we flip those. Yeah, and we And we love others first, yeah. and that... It goes well for a bit, but then eventually if we're not taking care of ourselves spiritually, we're going to dry up and we won't be any use to anyone. And so absolutely, I think that's an important thought. And I am going to end it with your question. And and so I want to pose that to the listeners again. Are you living a life that is worthy of being followed after and to be viewed as a mentor? Are you someone that people look to and say... I see the love of Christ in that person. And if you're not, I'd encourage you to find a mentor. And uh, if you think you are, I'd encourage you to find a mentor (laughs) and tell you that you could do better. With that, that's all the time we have for this Frog Through the Fields. Dustin, thank you so much, as always, for joining us. And until next time, keep persevering.